I know it's been too long, but welcome back to another edition of Bourbon Bites and Business. Please remember our disclaimer, opinions expressed on Bourbon Bites and Business are those of the individual speakers only and should not be relied upon as legal, business, or marketing advice. Um, this is going to be a little bit of a different podcast today. Um, I guess our videographer and overall marketing guru, Quentin Day, is going to be asking me some questions. Yes, sir. Uh, it's kind of a, a market update, an end of the year update, and what we see going on in the future. So the other voice you'll hear is Quentin Day from Rook Media. Thanks for having me, Jim. Appreciate it. Thank you for doing this. Absolutely. So you ready for me to tear into it? Go right ahead. So, you know, we've been watching uh, Facebook, the news, everything. Everything's all pointed in one direction. What is going to happen with the market? What's going to happen with the real estate market? Are we all going to fall into an apocalypse here soon? Or are we going to make it through this? I know you've been doing this for 30 plus years. Is that what it was? Or Well, 21 years as a broker, 10 years, 16 years in the mobile home business. All right. Yeah. So you so you know real estate ins and outs. You've seen it go up and down. So what's your, what's your predictions? What's going to happen right now? So there's a lot of kind of. We'll start with social media. Uh, kind of an overall. This is kind of a big subject thing. Unfortunately, you're seeing the market in a state of flux at the moment. We have a problem with an industry that is doing its job the best it can to hold up the industry for the agents and for the mortgage people. Um, but when they do that, you have a lot of what I think is misleading information in such a way that it gives an over optimistic view of things. I'm not saying, I'm not crying doom and gloom at the moment. And this podcast might sound like things are going bad. However, if you've listened to any of my podcasts or read any of anything I post on social media, <clears throat> you know, we've been preparing for this moment for a few years now. Um, one of the dangers of a market being in flux is you have a lot of people taking data and looking at that data in a vacuum and not looking at overall trends. So what's happening is you have people going, hey, look at this data. Things are really okay. Mm -hmm. A good example of that is uh, a couple of different brokers. I'll give you my point of view of a piece of data and another broker's point of view is a piece of data that I've seen out there. Okay. Um, in November, I think it was October or November. It was October numbers. October numbers came out for home sales. and basically said um, there was slightly less inventory Days on market was up slightly, uh, but overall prices were still higher than last year. Mm. Um, I've also seen another uh, piece of data that where somebody said we've had more foreclosures in in the last year than we've we have record record setting foreclosures, but it's still less than it was in. 2013 or whatever it was when things were really bad. Okay, so let's that one specific piece of data of either one of those pieces of data are really meaningless by themselves. Right. What you have to look at is trends. What is happening over a period of time? And can we compare this to the last recession? 
that's really hard to do because the trends are, you know, you can see the trend that things are clearly going down. Days on market is going up. The overall market price, it's higher than it was last year only because you didn't see the giant increase in price until the first six months of 2022. That's when things really went crazy. Yeah. So when you have numbers get so far overinflated, the fact that they're higher now than they were a year ago, they should be because they're still overinflated. Right. That will come down. As interest rates continue to go up, that will come down. Interest rates are going to continue to go up because the Fed's going to want them to go up. Anybody that knows that, you know, Econ 101 says you need your mortgage interest rates to be at about 8% in order for the economy to work better. GDP needs to be 4 to 5%. We mm. have operated on a very weak economy for the last 10 plus years since the last recession. When was the last time it was at 8%? 2008. Really? Yeah. And before that, before that occurred, like you're saying that's the norm. 8% should, should be the norm to keep the economy correct. Yeah. So if so you we ever maintain that? The Reagan recovery yeah. through the better part of the 90s, Clinton did it. So why are people freaking out now when we're, we're still below that number? Be, well, so they, the, they got too used to the 3.5s and all that nice stuff. Yeah. You got too used to a low interest rate. And what you, what you should expect to see is an overswing because if the government's involved in anything, there's always an overswing. Like the government always overreacts and then comes back down to some semblance of normalcy. Look what they did with gas prices. Gas went over $5 a gallon here in this market in the Northern Kentucky, Greater Cincinnati area. In other markets, obviously it was much higher. Now gas prices are 2.99, three bucks and people are thrilled. Right. Well, it was two bucks. What happened? What? What? Why aren't we? Why are we okay with it at three dollars if we were happy at two dollars? Yeah. Like I remember when I was a kid, uh, seventy-five cents up at Speedway up on eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you're going to have inflation, but you, some of that was caused by the administration. I've always I, I put out a paper in 2019 that that basically said we were going to go into a recession in 21 that would really be hurting in 22. COVID delayed everything by a year. So everything's happening just like I thought with the COVID delay. But even during when I wrote that paper, that was in the heat of the election cycle going into the 2020 election. And I said, you know, it doesn't matter who gets elected president. The recession is happening. Nobody could stop it. The only thing that's important is how the administration responds. So you knew this back then. Yeah. What gave you those indicators? I did, uh, so because I was around for the last recession and it was so hard and I, I barely made it yeah. and a lot of brokers didn't make it. I mean, there were literally brokers working the drive through at McDonald's. Right. It, um, I did a month to month comparison for 10 years from the start of the last recession to July of 2019. Well, June of 2019. Yeah. So we basically went from June of 2008 to June of 2019. And I basically had this, well, I still have it, a chart that shows where the Dow Jones Industrial was on a, the average on a monthly basis, month to month. I just, I think I picked a date in the middle of the month. 
but where things were month to month, comparing it, the trend for a 10 year period. So comparing everything for the well, 11 year period and kind of seeing, and then when I, I took that data, I compared it to what regulations were put into place and what kind of things the government was doing and the Fed was doing to affect the stock market mm. to see where the anomaly was. There's, an, there's always an anomaly somewhere. So, and, and then and you could kind of see, you know, the economy happens in cycles. We, we just right. got too fat. And things were building up then to where, look, we should be coming back down. And things were perfectly lined up for it to happen. And then COVID hit and they threw more money at us, which makes it makes the coming recession worse than it should have been. Cool. But backing up to that part, one of the things there's and, and we've seen this COVID was kind of my proofing ground, if you will. Uh, March 16th of was that 2020 when they shut down the world. Mm -hmm. That week, something significant happened with the Dow, and I'll kind of go back to it. When I put out the paper in July of 18, I said there's 8,000 points baked into the Dow Jones. And, when I, and because there was no, the government had not done anything, whether it was Bush or Obama, neither one of them had done anything when, the, when everything tanked. In, 20, in 2009, when things really got bad, there were no regulations put in place. There was no nothing. No orders, no nothing, no money, nothing. Hmm. It was literally president standing up there going, it's going to be okay. Just let us slide. It's going to be okay. <laughs> and the Dow Jones, without any policy of any kind, went up 8,000 points. There's no basis for it at all. There's no financial basis for it. The market was still in the shit. Everything was still bad. We were in the heat of the recession and the market went up over 8,000 points. Hmm. So that is the market overbuying that speculation. That's just, that is cash being put into the market to try to control the public, what the public sees. Because uh -huh. billionaires have enough money to do what the hell they want. Right. And now that you have, you know, a few thousand people have more money than the rest of the world combined, it's not good, but that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> so now you go to COVID, COVID hits, and that first week of COVID, the Dow dropped 8,000 points. Uh -huh. And it came back. Oh, they took the fluff out. So I always call it, there's 8,000 points of fluff. So I think... A, one of the key things that you'll see as this recession gets worse, that first 8,000 points in the Dow, I think is fluff. After we lose that first 8,000, when you get stuck in down below 20,000 on the Dow, then I think you really, that's when I think you're in the heat of it. Like, I think it'll bottom out somewhere between 15 and 20,000. Yeah. That's me personally. I know there's lots of, you know, you can, you can, go on the internet and see videos of different financial advisors and different prognosticators out there on both sides of the table. Yeah. Believe what you want, believe the evidence that you want. Again, there's so much stuff out there where you can read both sides of things. Right. If you look at, just all I'll say is if you look at, don't ever look at any one data point and make a decision. 
look at trends for a period of five or 10 years to try so to- you can take the data and spin it to your, your narrative. Any, da any singular yeah. data you can spin to whatever you want. I've seen you made the post about that meme the other day on Facebook about um, everything's basically the same as it was last year. It's just like a $50 difference on your payment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so some mortgage broker, and which by the way is so interesting, and I, I, I won't, you know, for legal reasons, I won't say the name of the mortgage company, but they literally are putting a flyer out there that is completely illegal. It violates Truth and Lending Act. It is completely illegal to put that information out there. Anytime you advertise a payment of any sort, you have to disclose all the terms. Uh -huh. Clearly that meme has no terms on it. Right. And if you run it through a financial calculator, it doesn't even calculate. <laughs> right. Like, it, nothing about it is right. The payments are, nothing about it is right. So don't trust memes. <laughs> no, don't. Just because some mortgage company puts out some bullshit flyer, don't believe that shit. That's just not true. And the worst part of it is because we live in this social media age, A, not only do people believe it, they share that shit. Yeah. And then it goes all over the place. Well, this mortgage company says ain't no different. I'll go out and buy. Yeah. Or, uh, come on. Or what's the new one is, uh, marry the house and date the rape or date the rape <laughs> yeah god i say rape because that's all you're doing is getting raped that is it, where were you assholes six months ago or a year ago when people were overpaying for the house why yeah. didn't you tell them then to not pay so much for a damn house or overpay for a house it's ludicrous to think that we were as an industry were encouraging people to put less down payment on your house to save your cash to pay the difference between the sales price and what it appraises for. Mm. What other product on planet Earth do you knowingly overpay for? Right. When the when an expert comes to you and says, your house is only worth three hundred thousand dollars, but you willingly pay three twenty five or three fifty. Right. Who does that? That's wild. Now everybody's like, well, Everybody who bought in the last two years has got built-in equity because prices went up so much. Okay. What happens for the people who overpaid? Because the prices didn't go up that much. Did the prices go up enough to cover that? And what happens when they come back down? What happens if you lose 30% in value? And now you're upside down in your house and you lose your job and things get tight. Right. And you can't afford your payment and you can't sell it because now you're upside down. Yeah. Or if you sell it, the very best you're going to do is break even. And where are you going to go? Because yeah. there's other, we have other issues happening that nobody looks at where rental normally when you're in a housing recession, which by the way, this is not a housing recession. And that's why most everyone's so confused. Uh -huh. The last three recessions have been housing recessions. So this is not a housing recession. Housing is doing extremely well. It, and it has done extremely well. The cause of this recession has nothing to do with housing. Tell us, tell us what's causing this. <laughs> this is caused by uh, a number of things. Number one, we didn't correct the last recession. Going back to when I said I was looking at policies made and policies dropped, Dodd-Frank was the only significant policy that was put in place and there's almost none of Dodd-Frank left on the books. Mm. Obama left it in place, Trump took office, basically got rid of all of it 
except you can't you still can't pick out your own appraiser and that's about it hmm. they used to a lot of people say well we don't have that uh what they call those subprime mortgages bullshit yes you do they just don't call it subprime anymore they call it non qm or non qa non-qualified loans rebranded it yeah how about i can go out it's you can go out today if you can find a house to buy it's in the right place you can get an fha loan with three and a half percent down and a usda loan to cover that three and a half percent down and if you're lucky and if it appraises for enough you could walk away with cash at closing hmm hmm that's a deal. Well, well, that's that's a that's a qualified loan that's insured by the government. Still going to be a foreclosure. Nobody thinks unemployment's going to happen. If you don't think unemployment is going to happen, you live in the woods. Look, you you aren't looking. Yes, there are some. The trades are suffering, and they're going to because we haven't pushed trades in so long because we pushed a piece of paper called a degree for too long. Different subject too. Yeah. The. <laughs> but when you, we we threw all this money at it, and then we have this situation where we're in the Christmas season. That's where I was going with this. We're in the Christmas season of hiring. I can't hire laborers for they're so expensive. But Amazon's not hiring right now. Really. No. They're always hiring. They're not hiring right now at Christmas time? Not here. Not even seasonal hirings. Wow. Radial's not hiring, which radio around here is the old eBay. Are there still places hiring? There's some assembly places hiring, some factory places hiring. Yeah. But the big distribution places, they didn't hire any extra seasonal workers. Chase Bank, U.S. Bank, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, back in the summer, Gave all their loan officers 90 days to find a job. They're all let go October 1st. Wow. They know what's coming. So if the people who make the most money are preparing themselves for a downturn in the economy, they know more than you and I. Right. It's pretty clear they know more than we know. Right. So knowing that, they're preparing for it. Most of the billionaires, Warren Buffett's preparing for it. He pulled out a bunch of cash. Wealthy people are getting cash heavy to mm. prepare for the upcoming downturn. It's going to happen. Will it affect housing? I have heard this from the industry as well. Commercial real estate will get hit. We're going to go into a recession, but it won't be that bad. And housing won't be hit because the demand for housing is just too high. Mm. Well, let me ask you, will the demand for housing continue to be there if unemployment goes to 10 or 15%? Yeah, if you ain't got a job, then yeah, you may want a house, but you know you're not going out and doing it. Right. Like, how do you, people aren't counting on that. I've already seen my business take uh, some turns with the real estate. Like, the real estate portion of my business has slowed down significantly because they're not selling as many houses, simple as that. And then when they do get the houses, uh, they're not they're not wanting to invest that money into it because they're tightening up on their end. So it's a trickle down effect with every industry when you when you do that. For sure, you can't. 
first of all, if you're a real estate, if you're in this business and you think the most valuable piece of real estate in your area, commercial real estate, if it drops in value 20 or 30% and you don't think residential property values are going to go down, you're an idiot. <laughs> Sorry. That's just asinine thought. If you think, if the national banks are, are predict, predicting and telling us they expect mortgage rates to cap out at about 10% before they swing back down. What they're telling us. You don't have to believe them. Right. But I'm sure they know more than I know. We still good? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things happening here, folks. Um, but the, uh, I, I, I don't know. You kind of follow where you follow the money. I, tell, I say it all the time. You follow the money. So the real estate market being in flux, part of what you're seeing right now is prices are holding steady. I think November they're down a little bit. I'm, I'm excited to see the numbers for November when they finally put those out. Yeah. And then the December numbers, going back to data points, and only forget to come back to the numbers on the housing. On data points, uh, was it last week? They came out with a high, with a, a higher than expected jobs report. Like a, unemployment was down. Yeah. But the market freaked out because for the first time they took into account how much higher wages are. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> that tells you how far they're trailing. Yeah. I've been having to overpay for a year. Eight months. Eight months I've started. I mean, what I have to pay my employees is pretty gross. It's, it's high. It's way higher than it should be for labor. They're just now calculating that into the market. Wow. Just now, which means they haven't even taken full account of inflation on the street of what it's costing a small business owner or costing a bigger business now. They're not taking into account that if you drive by and see banners at White Castles or Wendy's or Arby's that says, if you can flip a burger, we'll pay you 17 bucks an hour. Right. That's not taken into the inflation. They haven't put that into the inflation formula. Wow. They're going to they're they, going to raise They don't want to do again. that to freak everybody out. Absolutely. Well, the so the part of not freaking everybody out is this whole soft landing bullshit that the Fed has talked about. That's why they keep only raising rates half percent, seven or three quarters of a percent. And now nobody knows is December going to be a half percent or is it going to be three quarter percent? And I can tell you how they're going to sell it in either way. If it's three quarters percent, it's going to be well, that's kind of what we expected to happen. And if it's a half percent, they're going to say things are great. <laughs> Yep. That's not how it works. Things are going to be, things should be good. It's December. Everyone's spending all their money. If this happens every year. Yeah. Two things that could, well, one of the things that could possibly derail it, if there was a black swan event before Christmas, it would really fuck things up. Which, if I were a country competing with America, I would do that. Just thinking logically. Yeah. And we've had a couple of power grid attacks. Low key, have you heard? There's been two power grid attacks in the United States. Really? Yeah, North Carolina and Virginia. They keep that this, quiet. This week. I haven't heard about that. And I, I, and I actually saw that on a national news story, like yeah. a regular news. And, but people aren't, nobody else is talking about it. Our power grid is very fragile. But that's one way to hurt us. Not, uh, I digest. I divest. The... 
what was I talking about before? Oh, in the real estate, so what you're seeing in the market is prices are still holding because people aren't willing to admit things are going down. Although you see the days on market going up and you're starting to see more and more and more price reductions. All the time. I can tell you, we looked at a house two months ago to buy over in Florence on Vivian. Yeah. And it's just, the house is just too small for us. And I told the lady, I said, look, you know, for, I mean, for even, for me to even buy it as a rental, I'd have to lower the price to this. And her number was a hundred thousand dollars higher than I'd be willing to pay for it. Wow. And she's like, well, I, I, I've been turning houses the last couple of years and flipping houses and I've never had a home stay on the market this long. I said, it's because you're in a, you're in a fluctuating market. You, you, yeah. you finished right at the top. And now the market's starting to go stagnant or down. They've had they've lowered the price fifty grand. Yeah, like another thirty grand. We might actually buy it just for the hell of it. It's in a good spot and it has a barn on it that I want. <laughs> like I want to utilize. So you're you're going to see that more and more. Agents are going to have to learn how to price ahead of the market because if you put a house in the market at the very top, if you say. Okay, today your house is worth $400,000, but because of the trend, it might only be worth 380 in four weeks. What people are doing now is you're just waiting. And then once they see you start lowering that price, the market will do this. The market will sit back and wait. And none of these agents have ever seen it. Very, if you weren't for around for the last recession, a market goes stale when they know the bottom is coming and they're just waiting for the bottom. Mm -hmm. And the only way you can price it, you got to price ahead of it. If you think the market's going to drop 10% in the next 60 to 90 days while you're listing a house, go ahead and price it at that 10% less now so you can sell the damn thing now because in 60 to 90 days, people are going to wait for the next drop. Yeah. And that's what happens. And that's when things start, things will start to snowball and things will get worse and worse. And then you'll start adding unemployment. You'll start adding foreclosures. You'll start adding extra inventory. You'll start adding and adding and everything will accumulate. And again, if there's a black swan event that really makes the economy dive, it accelerates all of those things. Hmm. And that could be anything. The black swan event is the event that you cannot predict and you don't know what it is, but you know it's going to come. Right. Natural disaster or something or sure. terrorist attack. Sure. Yeah. There's, could happen. And yeah. There's man wrote a book and made a whole career on it. Right. So and he, he got he made millions during the last recession because he knew the recession was coming. He knew there would be a black swan event. Yeah. <laughs> and and obviously, happened. people that are against us want to strike us when we're at our weakest. So absolutely. And our our economy was so frail and so fragile for ten years that. Even while Trump was president, and things were going relatively well economically, not a political statement, just things were going well. Our economy was so fragile, the Dow Jones dropped 600 points in a day, and the GDP dipped below 2%, and the Fed freaked out and lowered the rate a quarter percent. Hmm. To keep our GDP at 2%, because what people don't realize is that two-thirds of the world's economies had a negative bond rating and a GDP of zero or less. Yeah, that's not healthy. The world economy is very fragile, and that's why you have shit happening all over the world. You have 
yeah. massive problems in Europe. The UK is the EU. Jesus Christ, they're in a bad way economically. Things will happen. I mean, China. I don't know what China's doing. I mean, they, they besides killing themselves economically, and their whole COVID lockdown situation is making matters worse for them. And people are like, "Well, what's that have to do with us?" Well, a lot. China owns an awful lot of real estate in this country. That's a big one. They have an awful lot of loans on real estate in this country. That's another big one. Their biggest real estate developers are about like one of their top ten already went under, and they are financially supporting their second biggest developer in China to keep them from going out of business. And because if they go out of business, that fuckers everything up. Because unlike the United States. Most of China's economy is based in real estate.、Mm. It, so, it, and everything has an effect. The, the what do they call that? The butterfly effect. Yeah, you have the butterfly effect. You know, a, a drop of water makes a ring in a whole pond. Yeah, it, it, it all it is all connected. And you know, there's talk out there of you, you have China and Russia. Working together to basically deceit the U.S. dollar as the currency of the world. Right. Now everybody's everybody in this country thinks, "Oh, that'll never happen. They wouldn't do that." Well, first of all, they don't give two flat fucks about us. Right. And the only if look at a map. Like, look at the population of the world on a map, and look at the United States and how itty bitty we are. We're just not that big, right? And no one else in the world cares, right? Nobody else in the world cares at all. If the if the U.S. dollar is no longer the the going dollar for the world, the reserve currency of the world, and the words are slipping from me. If the U.S. dollar is not the reserve currency of the world, it only affects us, right? That's not good. <laughs> I mean, it would be really bad for us. Yeah. No one else in the world cares. It would have zero effect.、Hmm. Hell, that could be a behind. You know, is it, is that what China and Russia are trying to do? It would sure destabilize this country, and people have no clue, right? How that works. So, and I've had people say, "Well, you you just can't look at all those things." Yeah, you have to take a look at all those things and the likelihood of all those things. I basically see the market in a stagnant area right now. It's in a. We've seen the decline begin. I think things stay relatively December. So it's my favorite. Every month there's a bad sales month in real estate. <laughs> it's a bad time of the year. There you go. <laughs> well, hell, if you listen to real estate agents, there's always a bad time of the year. All right. Summer's not good because they're on vacation. Fall's not good because we just went back to school. Spring's not good because of spring break. Yeah, winter's was, not good. I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday. There's always a spin on whatever's currently happening to,、yeah. to accommodate the needs of their narrative. <laughs> exactly right. So, it, it, I, granted, I mean, in my business, December, I usually wrap up a couple of deals and get ready and have a couple of deals ready to close in January because I'm I do commercial. Yeah. And that's the same. It's no different, but it's slow. I mean, we're creative and we'll get some things done, but it's slower than it should be. And I think December is going to is I think 
a little slower than normal. I mean, talk to mortgage brokers. They're the ones that ask. They, they're not going to bullshit you. You can see it on Facebook by their posts. You can watch the trend. Like You can see them getting nervous. They're posting more. They're reaching more. They're doing more marketing. Yeah. You, when you see the marketing go up, you know, especially when they're DIYing it, doing it on their own. Oh, yeah. That's when you know. You know for sure. Hey, I need business. I, I, one of my close friends, a friend of ours, he's a mortgage broker. He'll tell you he's down to like 10% of what he was doing, especially this time last year. Yeah. Like it, it's happening and no one wants to admit it. First quarter, I would say the first quarter of 23, by the end of the first quarter of 23, I think you'll see if, if you only see a 10% reduction in value, we'll be lucky. I think it's going to be closer to 15%. Yeah. I think in by the end of the second quarter, third quarter of 23, I think you see 20 to 25%. Wow. I think it caps out either the end of the year or first quarter of 24. <laughs> God, this getting old shit sucks. Uh, I think you see pricing, housing price, the median house price in our market, which is middle America, goes to about 30% less than it is today. Mm. And I and I hope that's all. Right. Because you can see that really, I mean, there's some people prognosticating that could be 50%. Wow. I, people think I'm extreme. I'm extreme. <laughs> when you got people out there talking about way worse situations than me. Yeah. So where do you see us at five years from now? Is there any good news out there? Well, I think, oh, so yes, there's lots of great news. Uh, for those of us who have prepared for this, and which we've been preparing for a few years, we've been waiting for this. I couldn't be more excited about the coming market because yeah. me and my clients have been preparing, you know, they've got cash. Ca there's, that yeah. cash is going to be king. We, we've put together a blind pool syndication with cash in it to buy up all this stuff. Because right. I think a downturn in the economy is needed. And, and this kind of recession pre presents opportunities for those that are prepared. Yeah. And if you haven't gotten prepared, you better get that way quick. If you don't know what value to bring to the table as a real estate agent, you better figure it out fast. Because if you have been selling homes the last few years because the phone rang, Right. Yeah, you're dead. Yeah. You won't make it. You got, you got any advice for anybody out there, or are we going to just let them sink or swim? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got lots of advice. Uh, but let me, let me go back to your other question. We'll come back to that. Sure. In five years, I think you see things normal. I think five years from now, interest rates will probably be coming off and probably so you know interest rates probably be between seven eight percent things will be trucking along we'll have normalized the economy by then I, I think it normalizes a little quicker than that i think it's more like a three-year cycle i think this is i think i think this i hope let me say this i hope it's a quick recession right i hope whatever administration is there still in three years continues to do the right thing. I hope this administration does the right thing and let it don't do what we did last time. Don't throw money at it to try to solve the problem. Let the Band-Aid rip off. Let the people who need to go out of business go out of business. I don't care if it's GM, Ford, or Delta. Right. None of these bailout bullshits. I didn't believe in that last time and I don't believe in it now. And if they're going to bail them out, send me some money. 
Yeah, they, they, let, they let those small businesses just fall apart like it's nothing, and that hurts them worse than anybody, any billionaires that own these these giant corporations. That's right. And they're not even like uh, using the money that they're giving them to put back into the economy. It's crazy. Whole other story there too. Yeah, yeah. There's there's all kind. I mean, the, the political tangents on this are crazy, but. It, it, I will say this, I, I hope they go for a short, painful recession versus a drawn out, soft recession. <laughs> you like your recessions hardcore. We don't need a soft landing. We need things to get corrected. We need a correction in the market. So in five years from now, I think things will be fine. I think we'll be back to a relatively normal market where you know, you're not seeing these outrageous uh, in, in, increases this outrageous inflation and the housing costs like it's insane they you know should we have a uh, you should have a pr appreciation in your house you should not have 30 percent appreciation in a year yeah and that's and that happened two years in a row right like we we can't handle that the market is not healthy when we're doing that we need on, on the investment side we need you know, B properties, a B property needs to be selling, a B property and B location needs to be a 10 cap. Right now it's freaking six, seven. Hmm. It's changing because commercial mortgage rates are much higher than residential mortgage rates for the most part. So, you know, we've seen it in commercial already. I had a deal early in the year. I mean, commercial, commercial gets hit first and recovers last. So we've seen this happening. Uh -huh. uh, so we're already, we're 10 months into it as a commercial real estate, in the commercial real estate world. You're really just a month or two into it in the residential world for those that are in the residential stuff. I think, you know, as long as policy is smart, um, you know, five years, things will be fine. In three years, I hope things are fine in three years. Right. I just hope I get three years of taking advantage of the market, like every other investor out there. And is this like history repeats itself, or do we ever learn and figure out how to keep a balance, or is this just we we build up, we fall apart, we build up, we fall apart, and it keeps happening over and over again? Probably keeps happening. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I say this is because greed gets into play. Right. And they don't know how to... You can't control greed, so somebody out there will... You know, we'll lower rates to do this. We'll make, you know, we'll figure out profits somewhere yeah. in a competitive market. You know, I, the commercial real estate world and multifamily, I think is not gonna be, I think is gonna be the least hit value wise, only because the, I don't, rental rates are not going to go down because demand for rentals is going to continue to go up. Right, and this is the first time ever that in a going into a recession where the housing demand and the rental demand is equal. Normally, we would have a ten percent vacancy in our rentals, and it's about two percent. I'm not sure where all these people are going to go. I'm, I'm hoping they slow roll the foreclosures for a period of about a year and when i say slow roll just let so many out to give investors a chance to buy them and get them fixed up and ready to rent out so the people have a place to go right because if they unload too quick on people the homelessness will be a real problem 
Because mm. there's just not going to be anywhere for them to go. Right. That's the that's the huge fear in everybody's mind right there. You know. Oh, it's it's a bad deal. Empty so, empty houses and people on the street. Not good. That's yeah. That's not good. They, that is something they have to fix. I just I was at the auction Tuesday, so that's three days ago, and there was a house they were particularly trying to buy that. I had I knew who the previous owner was. Yeah, they the previous owner had filed bankruptcy on this thing four or five years ago. Yeah, somebody related to them lived in it up until last year, and it's just been sitting empty for over a year. And they just had the foreclosure sale. Wow, well, it's crazy. Like things are just they sit around too long. Right, and you can't have houses sitting around. They start so, falling apart without someone there to maintain them, and they're losing value, and they're, it takes more value to get them put back up and not back out on the market. People don't understand what banks do because they have they have a separate set of books for the accounting for all their foreclosures because during the last recession, they kept a complete different set of books to deal with it because it was so bad and the foreclosures got so bad that... I personally know someone who was foreclosed on, lost their house, they moved into an apartment, lived in that apartment for almost a year, and the bank contacted them, skip traced them, found out where they were, and asked them if they would just move back into the house and well, just start making payments and they would take their whole balance that they owed back to the back and start new. Wow. The problem was the bank, when they took the house back in foreclosure, never serviced it. Right. Never did anything to the house. Never winterized the house. All the plumbing was burst. The basement had flooded. This place was a freaking disaster. And the people were like, eh, you keep it. Right, exactly. You made it a problem. So is that something that banks uh, might normalize? Basically, uh, if somebody goes through hardship for a while, just put it to the back of the loan and... It, it, that's that's going to keep them getting paid. Not when they want to be, but... <laughs> it, well, I don't know. Because like you said, these houses are going to go to shit if you just kick them up out of there. I, I mean, hopefully. Hopefully right. they'll recast loans. But then how do we recast a loan if you're supposed to be at an 80% LTV, right? You borrow money on a house, you're only supposed to borrow 80 to 90%. Assuming that. Assuming, yeah. a non, assuming a conventional loan, not an FHA loan or a VA loan. Yeah. But if you have a conventional loan where you have an 80% LTV, and now all of a sudden you haven't made payments, you've owned the house for less than 10 years. And by the way, it's less than 10 years. If you own the house for less than 10 years, you still owe the original balance. You haven't paid down any principal at all. Right. You don't start paying down principal. If you have a 30-year mortgage, and God forbid if you have a 40-year mortgage, but if you have a 30-year mortgage, You've only paid on that house 10 years. Your principal balance is like $100 less. It's wow. crazy how it works. So if you are now, you've, now you basically owe what it's worth. Is the bank going to recast that loan? And how does that look on the financial books if the banks are lending money at 100% on a conventional loan? I don't know if they can do that. Right. You got to have some skin in the game. How do you put skin in the game? If you've lost your job and you, if you can't make your house payment, how are you going to come up with 20% of your equity? And this happens on commercial stuff all the time. Commercial loans don't have collections. On a commercial loan, if you don't make your payment, you're in default. You go to special servicing. That's it. Yeah. And if you don't make your special servicing payment, 
they can call the note right then. They, and I've seen notes called, they can call the note if you don't maintain your LTV. So in, if you have your property, if your property is worth a million dollars, you have an $800,000 note on it, and now all of a sudden the property value has dropped to 800,000, you better be able to come up with 160 grand real quick to make that 80% LTV or they'll call the note. And they did it last time. Mm. They did it to a lot of people last time. So those are, there's so many parts of this. That's why I said you can look at any one data point and make it whatever you want. But if all you're looking at is one data point at one moment in time, you can't make a good forecast of what's going to happen. Yeah. I would say anybody that's involved in real estate, know your value. Become your neighborhood, your area expert. Yeah. Be that person. Get relationships with your local bankers. If the REOs are going to be a thing, go to them and say, hey, I'm an REO specialist. I want to specialize. You know, you be that person. Be the go-to person for the banks. Make friends with attorneys. Attorneys are involved in all this stuff. True. You want to make friends with that. Network with everybody you can to become the person for an area. Now, in this market, you can't say, I am the best real estate agent in Greater Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky, and I can take it all. <laughs> First of all, quit being so damn greedy. There's enough business for a bunch of people. Pick an area. If you are a Boone County expert, or if you are an expert in Florence, yeah. or Fort Mitchell, or Covington, or Wilder, or Alexandria, whatever it is, there will be enough business in one area that you'll be able to kick some ass. And when I say know your market, I mean like, Whoever runs the corner store, know them. Whoever runs whatever small businesses around there, know them. Right. Eat at all the restaurants around your area so you know what's good, what's bad. You need to know all that stuff. Be the go-to person, yeah. and you'll make it through this. Be the person they can rely on. When your phone rings, answer it. I don't care where you are or what you're doing. Answer it. I don't yeah. know what time it is. Answer the phone. When it comes down to it, whoever's the best at their job are going to be the ones that stay and cream their crop. Yeah. And a lot of people have made money being lazy the last several years. Yeah. I've seen a lot of uh, gloating on Facebook and different uh, awards going around and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, it's easy, it's easy to sell houses when they're flying off the market like that. Like you're not doing much. You're just listing it. Now, when things are tough, let's see how you do them. Let's see what, what efforts you're going to put forward. What marketing efforts you're going to put forward? Are you going to pick up that phone every time it rings for your customer? Or are you going to do all that dirty work to be the guy? And part of being the dirty work is don't be too proud to take a $10,000 listing. There's going to be houses in the inner city that sell for ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. Yeah. Sell it. There's a buyer. Right. Would you rather make a 1000 or nothing? <laughs> exactly. Somebody told me that a long time ago. Would you rather make a couple hundred bucks or would you rather make no money at all? Right. Because I can tell you in a recession... Last time the recession hit, when the day Lehman Brothers went out of business, it was September of 2008, when things really started into the 09 recession, I had $9 million under contract. It was about $270,000 in fees to me. Yeah. And none of it closed. Ooh, that hurts. One of them, I was actually two weeks after Lehman Brothers closed, I was at a closing table. The HUD statement had just been passed out for everyone to review and sign. 
paralegal who opens the door and says, anybody say anything yet? No, she goes, don't, bank just went out of business, we're not gonna fund. Wow. Whatever you think couldn't happen, <laughs> might. Right. But who, I mean, you, there was no way you could have planned on all these banks just dropping out. Am I saying banks are gonna go out of business? Nope. I'm saying you don't know what the thing is. Right. Something's going to happen that you cannot predict. Yeah. So be ready, be, be as prepared as you can. Be willing to, if you, you should be all over social media, walking neighborhoods, going to every networking event you can, be that person. I can tell you the best team leads I know in residential real estate, which I'm not a guru of anything residential, but the best ones I know, I see them everywhere. Right, yeah. See them all over the place. Whether it's social media, in person, concerts, shit, I see them all over the place. Yeah. They're out. Yeah, they're not hiding. Yeah, you're not gonna make, in a recession, you don't make money sitting at home. Right. That's good business practice, period. It is, but you gotta kinda, be ready to double down on everything during a recession. Yeah. If you don't know what equity marketing is, reach out to me. We're gonna start an equity marketing group here first quarter as well. Uh, I'll actually have a, I have to do a, a, I don't know, like an educational seminar the first week of February, I think it is, for the National Council of Exchangers for people here. Yeah. Um, so, get involved in that if you're a real estate agent or broker learn to be creative right because that's how you make money in a down market when when money is when money and loans are no longer the first option for people to make a deal you better know how to be creative right well, that was that was some interesting stuff some enlightening stuff there have you scared me now well, see, everybody gets scared, and I'm excited. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just everything's about perspective. Uh, we'll be back in restaurants next year. Uh, I'm pretty sure my guy at Mansion Hill Tavern will like to have us there, among a couple of other places where we can broadcast from. And um, I think that's about it, unless Quentin has anything else he wants to add or ask. I got eight minutes. Now I'm just going to go home and try to think of some new strategies. What I'm hearing is, is I need to uh, be available for all the investors out there so that they can market their properties coming out. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, an agent, there's going to be, I mean, good agents should use, I mean, good agents should be coming to you. I mean, and I know, I see several that are. I mean, yeah. uh, there's several, there's several good agents who are utilizing it. The key for them is going to be to continue to do it. Right. And be, be the face forward. When, uh, when it's not as easy to sell, that's when you gotta really start you know, putting money into marketing. Yeah, and, and marketing and advertising are things that these folks need to know the difference. A lot of people don't know the difference. Yeah. They don't know. Marketing is just getting the information out there. We'll do a, I'm gonna do a training sometime here soon, and I don't know how we wanna do that on the four price rule on how to price a house appropriately, because there's four prices for every house. Mm -hmm. It just depends on, I'll give you a quick highlight. It just depends on how fast you want your money. If you want the most money possible and you got lots of time and you have money yourself to fix your house up, that's one price. We call that the ARV, the as repaired value. Yeah. 
the next price is the as repaired value minus the cost to get it there. That's yeah. the retail value of the house. And that'll probably take you in a given market 30 to 45 days after you got it under contract, which could take in this market now a month or two. And if you want your money faster, then you go to the investor or wholesaler. And the investor is gonna simply say, I'll take that ARV minus 30% for my profit and closing expense, minus the cost to fix it up, and that's what I'll pay you. And I'll have your money in less than 30 days, maybe two to three weeks. And a wholesaler is gonna look at whatever the investor would pay, and he's gonna take 20 grand for doing it, for closing fast, and he'll say, I'll pay you 20 grand less than the investor, but I'll close in three to five days. Yeah. That's it. And you can price any house that way, and it works. And in a down market like this, it really gives some people some security because if you have the power and you have the resources to be the person that says, look, we'll put it on the market, you pick. Seller, you just pick. Well, you tell me how fast you want your money. I've done this a couple of times, and each time they say, well, let's put it on the market for 30 days, and if we don't have it under contract in 30 days, I'll sell it to you, and they'll give it to me for a price between wholesale and investment. All right whole process behind it. Yeah. If A fails, B comes into play. So if you know how to price a house, you might have the opportunity to build your own little portfolio. And if you don't have money to buy, start working on that. There's a lot of money in the market. There's a lot of cash in the market that'll finance your deals. Mm -hmm. That'll bridge, they'll give you a hard money loan if they have to. Right. Take the hard money and then flip out of the house. Just price it appropriately. Right. So anyway, I might do a whole thing on it because I think it's a valuable tool and I think people can use it. And maybe they think I'm crazy, but I can tell you it's worked. I've used it. It works great. Right. Anyway, that's all I have. Thanks for having me, Jim. Thanks very enlightening. I appreciate it. I just want to say uh, thank you to everybody for listening to Bourbon Bites and Business. I hope you get a lot out of this. If you have feedback, you know how to reach me, 1031JC at gmail.com. Again, 1031JC at gmail.com. Uh, feedback is always appreciated. Uh, hope to do this again soon. I'll see you guys on the next time on Bourbon Bites and Business.